Welcome, everyone, to episode 14 of Talk Exchange. It's our episode on networking, and we have with us one of the best networkers you will ever come across. It is Greg Peters. Not only is he a professional networker, he's also an author, a consultant, and a speaker. And lucky for us, he gives us some really great tips on how to be a better networker and how to better connect with people. Some quick examples are knowing what you need when you walk into an event. Have a goal in mind. How it's important to take the lead in a conversation, but always be the one listening. And just the overall power of networking and how it can help you in so many different aspects of your life. So we hope you enjoy episode 14 of Talk Exchange. And by the way, we will have information in this episode's description for some of the books that Greg's written and his bio. So enjoy. And here we go. Welcome to this episode of Talk Exchange. I'm Tracy Edwards, the National Exchange Club CEO. Hi, Christy. Hi, Tracy. How are you today? Great. And Christy is the communications director mm-hmm. at the National Exchange Club. So, Christy, question for you as we kick off today's episode. Are you a self-described introvert or extrovert? You know, I'm very good in both types of situations. Wow. Yeah, but I will tell you good that you. Yeah, mm-hmm. after being at an event, a yes. big event like the convention, mm-hmm. I really want to go back into my own personal bubble. Yeah. You know, it's that feels tiring. good. Mm-hmm. 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 Well, it's interesting because I've done a lot of research. I would say since the pandemic, I got really interested in the in introverts and extroverts because I thought it was about what you decide to do. And now I have great respect for where people identify naturally. And I found it fascinating that today's guest given what he does, identifies as an introvert, and hence he's known as the reluctant networker. (laughs) So we're excited today to have with us Greg Peters, the reluctant networker, who's a a national and international keynote speaker, author, consultant on all things uh, speaking. And uh, I'm, I'm curious about that, though, because networking. So we got together today to get Greg on to talk about networking. So in his bio, he wrote that he's actually an introvert and he's worked hard to master these skills. And I think that's super cool. So welcome, Greg. We're excited to have you with us today. Well, thank you so much for bringing me in. It's, it's, it's a delight to visit. Well, talk about how an introvert gets into the business you're in, where you're around people, you talk to people, you teach people, and you're among these massive crowds. Yeah. Um, well, I, I did. I started out actually as a computer programmer um, with all the social skills that that implies. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, introversion and extroversion are basically just where you get your energy from. Mm -hmm. Um, Extroverts love to be in a crowd because they just get energy, so much energy from that. You you, you see them, they're at the events and they're afterwards, they're practically dancing in place. (laughs) Whereas whereas we introverts, we're like, okay, I'm going to go stand in the corner now for a few seconds and just be quiet. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So what I had to do, though, was learn how to be outgoing. being outgoing is a skill. Introversion is just where I get my energy from. And, and just, you know, just like you were saying, Christy, after an event, I need my quiet time. I need to be able to go and sit and just kind of process all those things that I've, I've been exposed to. Yes. 
So what got you interested in networking? Was it to build your business or just? Yeah, actually, I was working at University of Michigan as a computer programmer, and I had this genius idea of going out and starting my own uh, web development business. This was back when anybody could start doing that. (laughs) And uh, what they don't tell you is that when you start your own business, you have to find your own work. And I quickly discovered that aggressively waiting by the phone wasn't wasn't actually doing me any good. Uh, mm-hmm. I wasn't getting a lot of results out of that. So I figured I could either cold call, which seemed a lot like banging my hand repeatedly with a hammer, or <laughs> I could try this networking thing. Well, as I mentioned, I had no social skills whatsoever. And the the first attempts at networking were just just painful and horrible. I mean, it was kind of like um, going to your first junior high school dance and seeing all the cool kids out there having a good time. Oh, and you're ouch. just kind of standing in the corner waiting for networking to happen to you. Uh, fortunately, my mom, Debbie Peters, uh, is a genius when it comes to networking. And she kind of took me under her wing and helped me to learn how to do this better. And it took a while. It took a while for me to uh, to get better at it. But the nice thing is, these are just skills. Mm-hmm. Anybody can learn them. I mean, and, and one of the benefits I had as a computer programmer is I'm a systems-oriented person. So I came up with systems for all of them. I, oh. I came up with systems of how to approach a group. I came up with systems how to have a conversation. I have systems on how to follow up. The, the whole idea is the more you can break it down into here's a step-by-step process, yes. the more it just becomes an easy thing to, to do. Mm-hmm. Do you find you're more comfortable outside of, you know, that quiet zone, Greg, now that you have a process? It's not so much I, up to you, but the process. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I, I know that like when I went uh, to my first Chamber of Commerce lunch, or actually it was, it was a breakfast, I, I, I walked in, grabbed my food, sat in the corner table and just, you know, tried not to talk to anybody. Um, and it, it can feel awkward Still, when you walk in, you see all those groups of people that are already talking with each other. And But now that I know I've got these procedures I can fall back on, I can, you know, one of the things I tell people is look for the smallest group. And the smallest group is one. Look around for those other people that are, you know, by themselves. It's easy to walk up to one person. And then here's a process for having this conversation. So it becomes so much easier to, to walk up to people, walk up to complete strangers and start having a good conversation with them. Well, that's so relatable when you think about that, because you're right. We've all walked into those situations where it seems like everybody has somebody, everybody's in a conversation. And what do you do? You either walk out or I I like that process of looking for the person in the room who maybe is that person who's waiting for somebody to approach them or doesn't know what to do. And then you have that connection I thought it was interesting too that you, you know, you were so willing to learn from your mom, which is not the case with a lot of children. Typically, you had you know the consummate networker and a connector right there, and you were willing to learn, which is a great quality because to learn anything, you need to be two things: humble and coachable, right? Mm -hmm. So, you had the benefit of an expert, but you were also humble enough to say, "Hey, I, I, I want to build this skill, and I'm willing to learn." And, and I took her class and uh, asked me if I got the family discount. <laughs> no, no, I did not. <laughs> you had to clean up afterward, right. I bet. <laughs> yeah, I was expecting to show up early and then, you know. <laughs> yeah, be the example, Greg. <laughs> oh, well, I, I, I definitely was. <laughs> <laughs> 
So when you approach someone, Greg, if you're in a situation where you're not 100% comfortable, what is the first thing you bring up? Is it small talk? Do you talk about the weather? Do you talk about something they're wearing? How do you, how do you approach that conversation? You know, I, I tell people, don't worry too much about what you're going to say. We'll worry about what you're going to ask. Right. Okay. So, I mean, especially if it's in a professional setting, there's nothing wrong with asking them, uh, you know, what, what they do. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I be careful about asking what they do for a living um, because sometimes people are in, in transition. And so they might, you might be putting right. them in a uncomfortable position, but you might ask what industry are you in? Okay. Um, you might ask what brings you here today? Yes. Um, any of those things get people talking. Um, and the, the interesting thing is, if you are curious, if you're interested, if you're fascinated by the people around you, the conversation almost naturally just comes out. Mm-hmm. Um, I love asking people, first of all, what the, what they do. Uh, tell me a little bit more about that. How long have you been doing that? And then the one I especially love, if they've been doing whatever they've been doing for longer than three years, mm-hmm. I love asking them what's changed. Oh, good one. Yeah. Because if if they've been doing whatever they're doing for longer than three years, and especially the last three years, mm-hmm. lots of stuff has changed. Yeah. And their chances are they are very they have strong feelings about it. And when people talk passionately, that's when you get to meet the real person. You know, if they're just answering questions like, oh, what's your position? What's, you know, where do you live? Stuff like that. They, they don't delve into their, their emotions. Mm-hmm. But when they start getting, you get into areas where they really care. Yeah. That's when you meet who they are. And your whole goal, especially at networking events, is to decide whether or not you want to have a longer conversation with people. Right. You know, you can't have a deep conversation, no matter what, how great the networking event is. You can't have a truly deep conversation with someone. Mm-hmm. So your whole purpose is in five or 10 minutes, can you find out enough about a person to know whether you've got the chemistry for mm-hmm. a good potential relationship? Mm-hmm. That's great advice. Definitely. So your life changed, Greg, about five months ago. Yes, a very it scary experience. And I was telling Christy when we were on our way over how thankful I am that you're here today. I know it was a scary situation for you. And Me too. <laughs> you, you look great. You're in great spirits. And uh, tell us a little bit about what happened and, and what you learned from that and what changed in your life. Yeah. So it was uh, October 5th uh, at 10.15 in the morning. <clears throat> if you had been sitting with me in my living room, you'd see me draped over the ottoman. Uh, face down with my arms just hanging on the ground. And of course, my cat was sitting on my back (laughs) because I was a convenient horizontal surface. Um, What I didn't realize and what the cat didn't realize was that uh, I was having a stroke. Um, What I found out later is called a subarachnoid hemorrhage. Um, I'm very fortunate it was a uh, rare type of stroke and a very mild type. Um, still, it was it was a, a scary experience. Uh, I you know I was rushed to the hospital. Um, I well, my my wife was taken to the private room in the back to talk about things like non resuscitation and wow. uh, power of medical attorney th- things like that. Um, but. Ten days later, I was out of the hospital, and three months after that, I was in you know reasonably good shape. I had no lasting, wow. lasting uh, physical issues or mental issues. So yay, well, <laughs> on that. Oh, yes. 
Um, but it was interesting as a result of this, uh, I, I came upon some real uh, important concepts around networking, believe it or not. And the first really big one was uh, that we are all surrounded by people who truly want us to, to uh, um, be well and to succeed in life. Uh, we had some dear friends, our, our friends, Tim and Kim, who on that specific day, they were actually supposed to go on vacation. And when my wife called them, they immediately canceled. They were sitting by my bedside and they were helping my wife with the kids. Uh, but the important thing here is that we have to nurture those relationships before we need them. Mm-hmm. We can't wait. You know, if I, if I was looking for dear friends, the, the, the wrong time is when I'm on an, uh, an uh, ventilator in the hospital bed. You know? <laughs> um, we had known these two for, you know, uh, 15 years and we'd helped each other. We've gone on vacation together, uh, all, the, all these things. So it's those, those really powerful relationships that you can call on in times of need. Now, it doesn't even have to be, you know, as serious as a stroke. I mean, if you're discovering that your company is going through a downsizing, well, maybe, you know, you don't want to be calling out to your friend or calling out to people when suddenly you need a job. You want people who know you, who can be there for you when that job is gone. So, um, yeah, nurturing it ahead of time, it became really apparent to me. Uh, and, and it was it was wonderful that so many people did reach out to me. I mean, we had people asking how they could help, wow. which actually led to the, the second thing, which was um, know what you need. Mm-hmm. You know, when people are asking to help you, you need to know what you need. My wife actually sat down and she made a list of everything she could think of. Everything from uh, lunchables for the kids' school lunches to someone to pick the kids up to a washer and dryer. I mean, (laughs) (laughs) and and the whole idea is if you know what you need, then when people, when your friends reach out to you, you can ask for help. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think a lot of people, when they're networking, this is a big mistake they make, is that they... You know, when you've, you maybe even been in the, in a, at a networking coffee or whatever, and you ask the other person, well, okay, so how, how can I help you? And their response is, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Well, okay, I get to feel good for offering, but, you know, there, there's nothing that comes of that. So um, know what you need. You know, if you need, if you need more clients, what do those look like? How can they help you? How can they help connect you? If you need a new accountant, well... Okay, that that's something you can reveal. It requires that we be a little vulnerable. Mm-hmm. We need to be willing to say, "I need help." Definitely, you know, very loosely connected. This mm-hmm. kind of makes me think about um, something I read the other day. It's so powerful. It says, instead of telling people how you feel about them at their eulogy, we should yes. do that at their birthday parties. Absolutely, mm-hmm. that is a good point. I love it. I yeah. do too. I saw the same thing, and you know what? It makes me think, too, just the importance of relationships mm-hmm. and people. And that awakening is so great, Greg, especially because post-COVID, everything's on your phone, right? And you think about people who work remotely and they don't see people. You know, how does somebody navigate that where so much is digital, so much is remote, so much by intention is isolated? How? What's your advice for people to keep those strong relationships so they do have 
people they can count on when they need them, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's, it's funny when I, uh, during COVID, I actually had to come up with a whole new talk. It was called yes. uh, uh, Staying Connected in a World of Isolation. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think the trick here is to recognize that whatever means of communication you're using, there is a person on the other side of it. Mm-hmm. And to treat every opportunity to communicate as a means to connect. Um, and it might be something as simple uh, as at the beginning of the email, just say, hey, how are you doing? We haven't talked in a while. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. Ask them what's going on in their lives. Be curious. It's, it's, it's really no different than what you do when you're face to face. You just have to remember that just because you can't see their face doesn't mean that they aren't there. Mm-hmm. Um, and to be interested in, in what sort of the challenges they're facing, because let's face it, we are all facing challenges all the time. Anyone who tells you differently is lying. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, you know, any way you can find ways to help to, to become uh, of service to that other person that provides a connection. I mean, one of my uh, best buddies, he and I, I mean, we kind of were friends. We were definitely friends. Uh, uh, because we were both went to the karate school together and then COVID hit and we weren't going to the karate school anymore. Well, we started texting each other. We were texting our worries and our concerns and how can I support you? We ended up having this deepening of our friendship through text messages. Huh. So and really a good the, point because I'm wondering too, how do, do people make that connection? And you hit the nail on that. It takes a little bit of effort, right? Outside of your normal space. Mm-hmm. It does, um, especially especially during COVID when we were trying to do these virtual meetings, right. uh, you know, or virtual networking events. Um, one of the challenges with that is that, for the most part, it was just watching TV for most people. Mm-hmm. Um, the organizers really, the best ones, understood fairly early on. You needed to provide a mechanism so that people could communicate with each other through the event. Yes. So I know my mom was huge on using the chat box. So she would, you know, do private chats to people just to to say, hey, oh, I see you there, you know, and and sometimes isn't that what we need? Mm-hmm. Yes, I see you, right? Right. Um, and uh, I actually made a few connections myself. I uh, because oh. I would I attended events where they would make breakout rooms where you could go in with three or four other people and have conversations. Right. Now, one of the things I learned about doing that is you, it helps if you can take the lead. Because everyone's uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. So, hey, I would, you know, if, if we didn't have a question to talk about, I'd say, hey, let's just go around. What's everybody's favorite ice cream? Mm-hmm. What's your favorite pizza? What's your favorite uh, uh, de- vacation destination? Make it personal. Make it human. Yeah, people typically like to share information about themselves, right? If you can just tap into that well. Yes. <laughs> you've got a good And, and sometimes not even, yeah, they like it about who they are. Mm-hmm. That's why I love asking about uh, uh, vacation destinations. Where's, what's your dream vacation destination? Because, oh, that's when they say, oh, I want to go to Italy. Oh, you know, and, and then you might even find out that you've got something in common at that point where you can talk excitedly about going off to Italy. That sounds easy. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> And there's a lot that people can do to come together. And it's so great because in our industry, you know, the community service industry, a lot of people join community service groups because their end, end, 
their desired end result is they want to grow their business, right? Mm -hmm. What we've learned is if they come in with that as their main focus point, it doesn't generally work. No. (laughs) Right? And you've seen that, I'm sure. So what's your advice to somebody who wants to maybe go to a networking event and meet people and their desired end result is to grow the business, but they too need to have the patience to build the relationships and gain the trust, right? Right. Uh, Especially with community uh, service groups, um, you absolutely must support the mission of the group. That has to be your primary reason for being there. Any benefits you gain to your business outside that, great. I mean, you can uh, think of it as this is a common uh, thread that you all share. You have a, a, that's the beginnings of a great relationship. But just like any other relationship, you need to build it from that. You need to uh, become interconnected because a lot of people, I think they have this mistake that they want to go to these networking events and find a client. Yes. Mm -hmm. That's not where the power is. The power of your network isn't in who you know. It's not in who you meet. It's who they know and who they meet. You want them looking out for you. So the connections you make at exchange those become deep friendships that when you say, you know what, I'm really having a problem right now because our website, people are getting lost on it. And the person you're talking to, because you know them and they know you, they go, you know what? I was just talking to my buddy, Dan Cooney, the other day. He is an expert in user experience on websites. He can help you out with that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. You want to so, be top of mind with those people when they have a need, right? Yeah. Or when someone they know has that need. Yes. That's, that's the strength is, is that you can know maybe 150, 200 people close connections. Right. So the, the power is in their 150 to 250 connections. That's when it becomes thousands of people. Yes. So a quick question for you. Okay. (laughs) Every participant is not um, equally participating. What if someone talks more than they listen? Oh, good question. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How do you uh, how do you nurture that connection? Yes. Okay. Well, if you're at a networking event uh, where you know you're all standing and uh, standing and, and having appetizers or whatever, mm-hmm. I don't have a problem with someone else talking. I would rather actually it be uh, me talking twenty to thirty percent and them talking seventy to eighty. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Uh, because I want to find out about them. Yes. Most of the time, people don't follow up after a networking event. Mm. So I need to be the one who does that. And for me to do that, I need to be the one who's listening. Mm -hmm. Now, if you are meeting with them later and they are monopolizing the conversation, right there, that's sort of a a red flag for me, a a red light blinking that, okay, maybe they are not ready to be uh, in a networking connection. If they aren't asking about me, if they're only talking about themselves, uh, that's, that's probably not a good, good thing to be. Um, is, I mean, I, I have dealt with people that are what I would refer to as re- aggressive conversationalists. Yes. They just they talk and talk and talk and talk. And I've always considered it to be rude to interrupt, but with these particular people, that's what they're waiting for. They're waiting for you to interrupt them and jump in. And, you know, they, they want someone who's as vigorous in conversation as, as they are. Um, but in general, and that's one of the things that, that kind of tips me off. If, if they aren't asking about me, 
okay, well, that was an, it was a nice coffee, but that may not be the person I need to add to my network. That's true. Very simple. Mm-hmm. I like that. I mean, there are a lot of people to meet out there. Uh, you're yeah. right. You're right. <laughs> we have no shortage of people. That's, <laughs> that is true. Well, and, and I think one of the challenges people face, I, and I've had people ask about this, what if there's someone in a networking event I really want to talk to? And I say, let's be careful. Why do you want to talk to them? If you want to talk to them because you want to sell them something, or you want to talk to them because you want to make use of them, that's not a good basis for a relationship. True. And if you don't particularly like someone, I mean, two perfectly wonderful people can just not connect. I mean, that's just the way mm-hmm. it is. But if you are putting up with them because you think you have something to gain from them, that's kind of icky, right? I mean, that's manipulative. Yes. So don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> Right. Hopefully you have a process book that tells you the do's and don'ts of networking meetings, right? <laughs> I, I wrote a book about it, actually. <laughs> good. We'll have the links to your books in our episode here. <laughs> Lots of learning. You know, you, you take something as simple as talking to people and there's so much more around that, right? A lot of mm-hmm. preparation, a lot of thought, and it's much more than just going to a networking event and hoping to make a connection, Right. Yes, you should always know why you're doing what you're doing. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Don't don't just show up because you think you're supposed to be there. Know why you're going to be there. In fact, you should have a goal. Anytime you go to a networking event, you should know what what's going to get you across the finish line. Is it you're going to meet two new people? Is it you're going to introduce someone there to someone else there? I mean, whatever it is, set that goal. Know why you're there. Know what it is when you're done. Otherwise, a lot of times people walk out going. I don't know if that was useful. Well, did you know why you were there in the first place? Right, right. That is a good point. Mm -hmm. So to make this a little useful for our members, you know, I have to turn it inward toward exchange just a little bit. (laughs) (laughs) But a lot of our members, I find they're they're very good at projects. They're very good at planning. They're very good at being part of that fundraiser. Um, Where they struggle is in um, recruitment. You know, having the confidence and the ability to not only approach someone and explain exchange, but then right. to follow up with the ask. To some people, that's so intimidating. True. Yeah. What advice would you have for those members who really want to break that ice, but they can't get past it? Well, uh, one of the techniques I teach is a concept called infer. Uh, in conversation, <clears throat> excuse me. There are, I just came up with five things that you can talk to other people about. Their interests, their networks, their uh, future focus, uh, their um, evolution, and their relationships. Uh, Their networks is the the one that we're we're kind of talking about here. Ask the other person about what groups they belong to. Okay. And what, what, uh, the the fourth one, their evolution, is about their mission in life. Mm -hmm. Why, how did they get from where where they were to where they are and why. Mm-hmm. So if you can talk about those two things, then you're talking about groups, then you're talking about their mission, mm-hmm. why they do what they do. And, oh, you know, you might want to think about coming to exchange. That sounds like something that might really fit with you. Because what we do there, you know, you can you can then lead into that naturally. Mm-hmm. Um, and and, and that, that's part of it is knowing why people should be a part of exchange in the first place. 
Yes. Right. Right. It's not just about getting another person in a seat. We need the right that is people. True. That is true. <laughs> You know, and what 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 do they have to gain from it? Um, you know, that's it's it's got there has to be some give and take. Mm-hmm. Uh, people shouldn't be. I mean, I, I think uh, chambers of commerce are marvelous institutions. Not everybody should be a part of it, though. Right. You know, if you work, uh, if if who you're looking for are people who are in um, uh, international import export, then probably the local chamber isn't the right place for you. So, you know, if you are trying to bring people into exchange, first of all, why should they be a part of it? Mm-hmm. What do they have to gain? And are they the kind of person that would benefit from it? And that can be part of a conversation, a natural conversation where you're asking about, hey, so what other groups do you belong to? Mm-hmm. So, so it sounds like the best preparation is a little bit of self-reflection to figure out why you're doing this event, this networking, this conversation, this meeting, and then navigating to that section where you want to attract someone else. And one of the things, and again, as we talked about before, it's, it's, the, it's not the people you meet, it's the people they know. Yes. Mm-hmm. So you, you might be meeting with, you know, Christy, if I'm, I'm meeting with you for the first time and what I'm thinking in my head is I really need to have more volunteers. Mm-hmm. Um, so what I would first do is say, Christy, so what can I do to help you? Mm-hmm. Oh, he wants, you want me to answer that? Well, no, not right. No, but... <laughs> Where do I start? Where yes. should we be? Put, put you on the spot. No. no, but I would ask you first, what can I do to help you? Right. And then after we've talked a little bit about that, and I thought maybe some ways to help you, then it's natural for you to turn around and say, well, how can I help you? Definitely. Right. right. Yes. You know what? I'm so glad you asked. We are having a, a, a big fundraising event right now, and I really need to get volunteers. The types of volunteers I'm looking for is this. These are the qualities they're going to have. Uh, we're in particular looking for anyone who has any finance experience. Mm-hmm. Would you know anyone who'd be willing to help us out? I like that approach, Greg, because so many times people, when they're looking to network or to, or they have a need, they're almost coming from a sense of desperation, forgetting that that person they're speaking with, they have needs as well. They have goals too for coming into this same space. So it's good to keep that in mind and think of the other person first. Sure. And- well, and I, I also say though, don't, don't use it as a technique mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, because people know when they're being technique. Oh, for sure. <laughs> yes. You know, you, you, if you are asking, how can I help you? You have to mean it. You have to be sincere and you have to be willing to to give. Yeah. Good. Well, we could talk all day. There's a lot to learn here. It's a very, there's a lot to this, right? Yeah. How ironic that we started yes. out as a networking organization. Absolutely. And we're relying on networking to keep us going. years later. Well, you know, Greg, you're right. And speaking of, you know, people who know when they're being techniqued, it's so super cool because the National Exchange Club started 112 years ago mm-hmm. as a group of business people who got together to grow their businesses. And as they did that, they wanted to then help the community and help each other. But their first intent was helping each other via networking, then helping the community. That's where we are today, 112 years later. So we appreciate you joining us today. Any final thoughts for our audience? You know what? Go out and make real connections. It's, it's wonderful. Facebook, all those uh, you know, social media things, they're wonderful tools, but yes. they cannot replace true friendships and connections. That's where our lives are. That's where our happiness is. Indeed. 
What an appropriate way to end. Greg Peters, The Reluctant Networker, thank you for joining us today. My pleasure. Thank you so much. Thank you, Greg. Have a great afternoon. You too.